March honoring the life of a 14-year-old shot and killed at a birthday party in Lawrence is scheduled to happen tomorrow on the city's east side. But as News 8's Elizabeth Choi explains, the man organizing the event has had his fair share of adversity. This peace march is meant to honor the youth, those who have lost their lives due to gun violence. But what spawned the idea is a remarkable story in and of itself. This is just a shirt of showing that as a, uh, it's time to put the unity back in community. Everybody has a story to tell. Darius Ross is grateful to be alive to tell his. The blood wouldn't stop coming up. The blood wouldn't stop coming out my mouth. So they had to paralyze me and induce me into a coma. Ross has had chronic lung disease since he was a kid. Back in March, he had respiratory lung failure, which caused internal bleeding, pneumonia, and blood clots in his lungs. Ross lost three pounds of blood, was on life support for five days, and even flatlined. But God told me it wasn't my time. Miraculously, Ross began to recover. I definitely think uh, this experience uh, was confirmation for me uh, that I had a bigger purpose and bigger calling in life. That calling came in the form of his nonprofit organization, the Ross Foundation. It's not new. It's been around since 2014. But what is new? His greater sense of purpose. Ross organized Our Youth Matters Peace March. Kids who have lost their lives to violence will be honored, and in particular, 14-year-old Manny Johnson who died after being shot at a birthday party in Lawrence earlier this month. If kids are not allowed to have fun anymore, if we take away that at a birthday party, then we have a problem with the future of our city. The march will be held at 38th and Franklin on the city's east side. Ross expects more than 1,000 people, as well as IMPD, representatives from the mayor's office, and many more. And if history repeats itself, Ross We'll have more stories with happy endings to tell. There's only one way you could describe it is a miracle from God. Again, that peace march will take place here at the corner of 38th and Franklin Road. It begins at noon, so 12 o'clock sharp. As for Ross, he tells me that his recovery is going much quicker than expected. However, he's pacing himself because, as he says, he can't save lives if he himself isn't alive. From the city's east side, Elizabeth Choi, Wish TV, News 8. Welcome, friends. This is Brian Hudson. Welcome to Conversations in Focus here on the Vision Stream Network. And this program is all about bringing you people who are making a positive impact in our community, in our world. And I am so honored and blessed to have with me a young man in the studio who is doing exactly that, Mr. Darius Ross. Darius Ross is the founder of the Ross Foundation, an organization that empowers youth, empowers families, empowers leaders to understand how to reach people in a more effective manner. I want to welcome right now to our studio, Darius Ross. Welcome, Darius. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. This is an exciting opportunity to hear about what you're doing in our community and how we can help you do what you're doing. But first of all, I want to ask a question I've asked of most of my guests. I'm always yes. curious yes. about this. Uh, <laughs> why did you start this organization that is called Ross Foundation? Most people already know that. I grew up on 42nd and Post Road uh, on the far east side of Indianapolis. Uh, very high level of poverty, high level of crime, high level, high level of drugs. Uh, just so much negative influence in that area, in that environment. Um, and, you know, over the years, uh, when I was five years of age, uh, I seen someone killed in broad daylight. And not knowing how it mentally affected me, the trauma that came from that uh, really left left an impact on me for the rest of my life. Uh, from the age five to the age 
Uh, I'm now 28. I'd have lost over 34 friends to gun violence. Um, and uh, just recently, uh, a few of them just died, uh, and I haven't even counted them. Uh, so I wanted to uh, change the narrative. I wanted to break that cycle. I wanted to uh, come back in my neighborhood and become that role model I never had. Um, and, uh, and, you know, just change the narrative around what they can can be, uh, that they believe in, that they are failures before they even try, uh, and open their minds to a, a bigger perspective on life, that they can dream bigger and not small. That's awesome. I was reading on your website, Darius, that the foundation is doing many Many events. In fact, you began in 2014. Yes, and have now achieved your nonprofit status. Congratulations on that. Yes, 501c3. And I want to say too, I've got a website on the screen here. So yeah. be sure to log on and support this young man, partner with him, and encourage him with your gifts and donations. But your foundation is doing many programs, such yeah. as No Family Will Starve mm-hmm. Thanksgiving program. You are doing. Uh, Make Every Kid Smile Christmas Toy Giveaway. Yes. You're doing an Easter egg hunt. Uh, you're doing peace marches. I mean, so many effective <laughs> and helpful programs. Yes. Let me ask you, so from your experience growing up and experiencing the challenges and violence in life and seeing friends die, mm-hmm. I mean, what was it that actually motivated you to start the foundation and begin to make a difference? Yeah, so the last encounter I had uh was when two of my friends killed each other. And uh, I was 23 years old, uh, about to go on to age 24, and I was like, man, no more, no more. Uh, Seeing all the mothers, how they grieved over their caskets, uh, really uh, hit hard with me, hit home with me. And and so that made me want to change my lifestyle, my pattern, uh, because I didn't want my mother to go through that same situation. and I love my mom too dearly and my family too much. And uh, so I wanted to, um, I just remember growing up that we didn't have enough outlets and opportunities and options. And only if we had those opportunities in our neighborhood that it really could have helped us, um, kept us from going down the wrong path at an early stage. Well, see, this is encouraging to me. Now, I'm much older than you are, you know. Yeah. I've got children your age. Yeah. And, and But to see a young man... Step into this. I mean, to could have you could have become bitter. You could have been well. You were probably traumatized somewhat. Yeah. You could have internalized that. Yeah, that could have made you angry and bitter and reject everything. But you chose instead mm-hmm. to, to to lean into the situation mm-hmm. and to start something positive. Let me ask you this now. Um, I see on Facebook. I've seen your website. I've mm-hmm. heard reports, even some news reports of good things you're doing and empowering youth and family. Now, who or what? or your inspirations for what you're doing today with the foundation? Yeah, so um, I'm a firm believer in Christ, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I feel like uh, a lot of his work he did in his time uh, was outside the four walls. Uh, and he, he did not hesitate going into the trenches, going into the community. He didn't discriminate who he worked with. He worked with the poor. He worked with the mental, mentally ill, the thieves, the criminals, uh, the blind, and all backgrounds. And, uh, and then also to counteract that, he held institutions and the powers that be accountable uh, to do more and to how to this is how you really uh, worship my father. This is this is the real ministry. This is the real work. So we feel like uh, 
uh, this type of work is real ministry, uh, going yes, into sir. the community and working with underserved communities, uh, um, becoming that voice of the voiceless, bringing awareness to living conditions, to uh, holding standards, to setting the bar of what it means to really be a servant. Um, and so um, I really uh, thrive on and uh, follow, following uh, Jesus' footsteps. Uh, we can't keep on talking about preaching the gospel and we ain't living the gospel. Yes, sir. So uh, that that really thrives me. It keeps me going. I tell you, I feel the same way, Darius. I'm a I'm a pastor. Been pastoring for a mm-hmm. long time, but I began my ministry in the streets. I mm-hmm. began as a street preacher. I began going door to door, and mm-hmm. we still do it mm-hmm. because, as you say correctly. The work of ministry isn't really in the church. That's mm-hmm. where we worship and learn and mm-hmm. grow and be trained. But the whole thing, when you leave the doors, it starts yeah. when you leave the building. And then we should then, as a church, the church actually is not the building. Mm-hmm. The church is the people. And the church should be in the places where we can help people. But unfortunately, we've fallen into religious mindsets. We've become mm-hmm. more, I say, churchianity, yeah. more than actually serving the purpose of God. Now, Darius, what are two or three of your major concerns mm-hmm. as it relates to our community and to our youth? Yeah, so one of my major major concerns is uh, the lack of education as far as um, uh, accepting their living conditions, uh, not understanding uh, systematic oppression, not understanding uh, mental health symptoms, not understanding where trauma starts, not understanding environmental stress um, these are that's one major issue in my community that needs to be addressed uh, because they got to be aware of their living conditions and the indicators of um, the stresses the stresses they uh, have and the depressions they have and know where a, the root problem starts um, once you understand that you get a, you can, you can start really identifying uh, who you are uh, identifying what needs to be done the right way versus just getting on medication um, and not addressing from a holistic healing standpoint. Uh, that's one major issue. Uh, another issue is no guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's time for uh, any uh, influential leaders or neighbors or anybody, you could be just a per a bus driver i don't care we have to start uh stepping into these role models uh uh representations for our youth they need guidance they need people in their lives that can guide them down the right path not the wrong path tell them to read these books versus being on social media and being on iphones and ipads like we need adults in our children's lives, and we need people from that community to step up in their community. Um, we can't have people outside our communities coming in trying to implement solutions um, that's, that, that that does not reduce uh, one act of violence or homicide or anything in our community. Um, and another issue is our youth are not at the table. Um, our residents are not at the table. Uh, our underserved individuals who's directly impacted the most are not at the table. When we're talking about uh, issues city council um, uh, make, the chief of IMPD makes, the mayor's office makes, mm-hmm. uh, it could go on and on. 
even at a lot of these community conversations that I'm invited to, uh, we are not there. Mm. And it's an accountability not just on them but on us, too, to make sure we show up at these uh, spaces and make sure that our voices are heard and that the right solutions are getting implemented or they will continue to put solutions in our community that doesn't work, that will fail us and fail us and fail us over and over. And you wonder why the homicide rate is increasing every year versus decreasing because we are not at the table. So you mentioned about the importance of trauma. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that trauma isn't only physical, it's also mental. Yes. And that, you know, who knows but that a child who witnesses something bad like you did, mm-hmm. that has effects. And without caring adults around them, then that can develop into a mental illness and become some sort of acting out bad behavior. Yes. Then you also talk about having adults involved. Yes. And I'll just mention, you meant to say this, I know, responsible adults. Because yes. some folk ain't fit <laughs> to be around kids, right. obviously. Uh, but then you say, this is very powerful, at the table. I think you mean youth, too, right? Not yes. just adults. Yes. Not just me or you, yes. but youth at the table. Yes. Because, you know, if kids can do math and science, oh, yes. they can talk to you about what they need and what works in their community. You know, in the workplace, we, have, we let employees talk to us about what's, how to do things better. Well, who better than kids? Yeah. There is to let the uh, to let the adults know and the officials know what yeah. they need. So this young man is giving us insight. Mm-hmm. I mean, from his experience, actually working with people in the community. Mm-hmm. And I pray you'll continue to have, of course, a seat at the table. When you come to the table, that they'll be quiet and listen yeah. <laughs> to what you have to say, man. Because uh, you know, I they go listen. Well, amen. I'm bring the community behind me. Thank you, sir. Well, I'm with you on that, okay? So thank you so much. All right, next question is this. Um, how can we, who are leaders and mm-hmm. pastors and responsible adults, do a better job mm-hmm. of working together mm-hmm. to make a positive impact? Yeah, I mean, we got to talk about generational. Uh, it's a gap between uh, young millennials like myself uh, with older individuals, uh, far as it's ways that we can learn from each other, uh, especially in this new generation, uh, we need all the wisdom and tools that uh, can uh, help us appropriately address different situations that we are uh, fairly new to, and that you guys probably already has experienced in, in some course of uh, your life, um, and had ran into two different roadblocks that we can prevent going into. Um, I think it's, I think it's uh, important that um, pastors and uh, el- elders and uh, mentors uh, get behind uh, uh, the young people, uh, the millennials and the youth, empowering us and uplifting us and encourage, encourage, encouraging us to keep going. Um, Understanding what we're going, trying to understand what we're going through, and understand that it's a different time and age, but it's definitely a lot of similarities of what you guys went through, and we need you guys. Uh, we need you guys to pour into us everything y'all know, all the gems, and and and, and uh, collapse the break, dismantle the separatism, that stigma that's in our community that um, young people and older people can't work together. Uh, that different churches can't come together, uh, that different beliefs can't come together. 
uh, it's time to uh, put the unity back in the community. We can't have a community, a sense of community, without the word unity and community. Yes. My, my. Well, we're speaking with Darius Ross, and you see on the screen a website there. I want you to go to his website, see what they're doing. Uh, there's a donate page. You know, he mentioned about older people helping and providing encouragement. Well, provide some money, too, okay? Yeah, help, de- help. definitely, because with, <laughs> with grassroots organizations like us, we're, we're barely supported. We barely fund it. Uh, this is where the real work is on the, gr- on the boots on the ground. So uh, we definitely need all the support to, to uh, sustain it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, coming up is an event I want you to talk about now. Let's focus on this right now. It's coming up as you're watching this program. If it happens afterwards, then you can catch up with the next program. But what's coming up soon, Darius? And uh, talk to us about what's coming up next. So uh, a few weeks ago, we had a Youth Peace March uh, rallying behind our youth, and over 1,000 people came in attendance uh, to put an end to gun violence and create a platform to reshape the narrative that's on our – displayed on our youth today. Um, and the next upcoming event is July 28th uh, from 1 to 4 p.m. at Dewberry Park on the far east side between 38th and Franklin, 38th and po- Post Road. Uh, we have an about-to-school giveaway uh, where we give over 600 backpacks out to the community, underserved communities. Uh, we have uh, bounce houses, games, music, uh, face painting, uh, and other resources and services there um, for you guys to have. Uh, we don't want to just keep serving you guys with these type of financial assistance. We want to figure out why you're coming. Uh, what are the barriers in your life that is causing you to need these backpacks or need these supply, school supplies? So you won't have to come back next year. We don't want to see you back next year. We want to make sure that we serve as a directory to get you in the right help you need. Yes. And if they come back, they come back volunteering. Yes. They come back yes. giving themselves what yes. they received from last yes. time. Now, you mentioned the word narrative. Um, yeah. What is the narrative you're concerned about that's being spoken over our young people? And what kind of narr- yeah. and how do you want to change the narrative? Yeah, yeah. So you look at the media, uh, the news media, the social media, the music media. When we're talking about, in particularly, uh, youth of color, uh, it's a narrative that uh, most of our youth of color are troublemakers, criminals, uh, up to no good, drop it, dropouts. So we got to counteract that narrative by all means because they're taking those few individuals, that, that few bad bunch, and shaping the whole narrative around them when uh, over 80% of our youth are doing great things or uh, – Excelling in school, going to college, in trades, getting certified, uh, volunteering in programs, cleaning up their neighborhoods. So I think as a community, it's, uh, we can't depend on any media. We need to create our own media and push our own energy and message through our community that this is how we, uh, this is what principles and morals and values, values we stand on in our city. Yeah, that's great. See, I, see, a narrative is very important because, see, there is, okay, there is, there is the fact of what's happening, there's the truth, but the narrative is a story about the truth. Yeah. And so people sometimes either don't know the truth or they want to distort the truth and they create this story about the real story. And it's our purpose, in fact, this program here partly is doing just that. We're telling you, here's a young man right here sitting beside me uh, who, is, who is helping shape young lives. I've done a lot in my own time. And so the narrative is, yes, there are problems 
folk. There are kids who are in trouble for various reasons. I mean, not just black kids, all kind of kids. Yeah. But there are also in our community kids and people who are serving our community, serving God, doing well. And we got to raise them up because those are the young champions who will actually help those who are struggling. Mm-hmm. So our focus is going to continue to be on what's wrong and address it. But please, please, please don't forget young men like this, like Darius right here and other young people in, around us who need our support, who need our support so that they can continue making a difference and changing the narrative. All right. Now, last thing, Darius, uh, talk to us about uh, how the listeners and viewers can can support Ross Foundation and become involved with what you're doing. Yes. So uh, if you want to volunteer or support us or make a donation, you can visit our website. That's at the bottom of the screen, uh, the Ross Foundation Community dot org. Uh, you can follow us on all social media outlets at the Ross Foundation. Um, we're looking for um, we always looking for people to volunteer to help us uh, in uh, different uh, capacities uh, where we may need help in uh, so we can expand and reach more underserved communities. Uh, we have a few programs that uh, we are looking for volunteers for. Um, we have a basic uh, community, uh, basic program, crime prevention program, building alternative solutions in the community, basically de-escalating neighborhood issues before it escalates to involving the police. Uh, we're looking for community to get involved in that. And then we have the Youth Council and the Entrepreneur Program for our youth. And we're always looking for mentors and uh business owners or, you know, uh, financial aid coaches uh, to get involved. Youth Council, what is that? Talk yeah, about so, that. So our Youth Council is a, a leadership program where we uh, in, intentionally select youth from these uh, so-called sits hotspots in our neighborhoods. They tend to like to label us, um, which are often the most pover- poverty, uh, that suffer from the most uh, uh, poverty levels. Uh, far as lack of food access, uh, lack of schools, uh, lack of uh, opportunities and resources. Uh, these are the areas where that narrative has mainly been pushed in our city, that the troublemakers and criminals are coming out of these neighborhoods. So we try to target these areas um, because to highlight the youth that are living in those areas who are striving for greatness, who are making A's and B's in schools, who are making a difference, who want to make change in their community and want to speak out against the issues and concerns they see. Um, we, w- we don't want to have no more excuses on why our youth are not, not at the table. Well, now we got a youth council. They will be at the table. That's good. Create a table. <laughs> yeah. You made a table, brother. Yeah. Y'all sitting here, we're going to talk about this yeah. and solve these problems. All yeah. Right? <laughs> That's excellent. All right. Well, I've been speaking here with Darius Ross, founder of the Ross Foundation, and we've enjoyed this conversation. I'd like for you to log on to the website, learn more about the Ross Foundation, connect with him, connect with uh, helping to serve people he's mm-hmm. serving, and know that uh, you know we want to, again, stand with and behind and under young men and women who are making a difference. That's how the difference is made, yeah. by helping those yeah. who have the grace and the faith and the will to go out there. Well, some of y'all won't go anyway, right? So at least send somebody. If you won't go, send Darius, okay, and, and people like him. And I just want to add to it my testimony uh, I just want to share this testimony uh, when you're doing God's work he will keep you covered 
Um, I had a respiratory failure. My lungs uh, basically collapsed. Uh, I had internal bleeding in my lungs. Um, um, a blood vessel had busted. And I also su- suffered from severe pneumonia and um, also um, blood clots um, building up in my lungs. I was in a coma for five days. When was this, Darius? Uh, three months ago. My, my, my. And um, mm. uh, I was in a hospital for two weeks. I was on life support on a ventilator, mm. and um, they had called in my media family to say their last goodbyes. Mm. Um, they basically gave up on me. Uh, I had flatlined for a minute or two, um, and they thought it was over. Uh, but when I was in that deep sleep, God told me it wasn't my time. I saw all my lo- lost loved ones, and they wouldn't let me stay. And they pushed me back into my body, and I woke up uh, with the ventilator in my mouth crying. Um, and that just confirmed um, my walk, my faith, um, that I feel like I was resurrected. Like Jesus, I'm really walking. I really feel like I'm God's vessel, and I'm walking in his footsteps. Uh, and uh, and what a coincidence, I got out of the hospital on Easter Sunday. My, my, my. Well, look at here. <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> I mean, you know, you said it, brother. When you purpose... When you're going to serve God's purpose, yeah. God's going to protect you in very special ways. Yeah. And even when the devil comes after you and circumstances come after you, as you say, God covers you. Yes. And you're covered. And, of course, people are praying for you as yes. well. So we uh, appreciate you, brother. Thank and you. Keep on keeping on. Thank you. you know, we'll stand with you. And so you heard a great testimony. You see what's being, what's being done in the Lord's name and through the efforts of this young man and his team. Let's get behind him. All right. Let's do our part. And let's encourage him to, to keep on serving God's will. Well, God bless you. Thanks for watching Conversations in Focus here on the Vision Stream Network. And we want, again, to bring you people who are making a difference and are doing great work in our community and world. So continue uh, to, to tune in and watch and go to our podcast as well to see past programs. Let's keep working together to make a difference in our time. God bless. 